close call with death. Have you had one? I have. I've had a lot of them, but who's counting? In this session, we'll talk about the events of those of us that have come dangerously close to death and had the great luck or destiny to elude death and carry on. Enjoy the show. So today, I have as my guest, Landon Pitcher. And I've come to know Landon from a friendship with another cool guy, Austin Miller, who introduced me to Landon just not too long ago. It was like an open house for their company, ISO. Um, ISO Talent. ISO Talent. ISO. Yeah, and then the ISO, but uh, ISO Talent, yeah. um, which is a super cool company. And um, they do some recruiting for um, companies, and, and uh, we use them all the time. So we love these guys. But while we were talking at this open house, Landon and I got on the topic of this podcast, A Close Call with Death. In that conversation, Landon said, hey, you know what, I've had a really crazy um, incident that happened to me that we had to talk about. And when you started telling me that day what happened to you, I um, my jaw just like hit the floor and I was like, oh my gosh, we have to meet and talk. So um, we're going to get into that. Landon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the little plug on ISO Talent too. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. We all got to make a living and yeah. feed the kids. So let's Absolutely. take care of them now. There you go. Well said. Well said. Cool, no, and, but- and that first interaction definitely was... When you told me what you were doing and the, um, you know more about the podcast, it was like this is incredible. I love, love uh, sh- being able to share and hear others share the the paradigm shift that happens from these experiences. So I'm excited to excited to talk more about it uh, and and love what you're doing. Absolutely, no no problem. <clears throat> I'm happy to continually run into people like you. You know that have had this. Um, incident happened in their life. And how old are you now? 36. 36. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, talk to me about your family dynamics. What's going on with your family at the picture house? So we have, I have my wife and I have um, three little girls and a boy and he's two and he's crazy and he's a lot of fun. Um, how long have you guys been married? Well, 13 years. You better get that number yeah. right. Because <laughs> she's going to be listening to this and like, oh, you didn't get the years right. Well, I do know her birthday's coming up in a couple of days, so uh, we'll, you, we'll get that one. Yeah, you better <laughs> never forget that there either. There you go. There you That's go. good. Just so you have That's a few right. kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. And l- live where? We live in Lehigh. Yeah. So we've kind of bounced around. I've lived in Utah about half of my life. Um Grew up here, well, grew up in Alabama until I was about 10, um, and then lived in Fruit Heights area up in Kaysville. Um, served a church mission in Eastern Europe and um, kind of got the got the bug for, uh, for, for being overseas and, and doing global stuff. So where, where was that in Eastern Europe? Lithuania and Latvia is where I served. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I, I, your mind's probably thinking of the some of the conflict that's going on right you now. You bet I, I am. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking about that. I was just watching that on the news uh, tonight. And those are NATO nations, right? Those are the countries are. that kind of pulled away from the Soviet Union years ago. Yes, and and you know we're putting troops in those countries um, as we speak. So yeah, to help back them. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so what language do you speak on that mission? <laughs> it's, um, it, I, I, well, I, I don't feel like I speak any, but I learned Lithuanian and I picked up a little bit of Russian and, and some street Latvian, I guess. So, um, yeah, we could <laughs> almost, I almost could say zero, but really uh, one and a couple others a little bit. 
That's awesome. I'm going to put you on the spot. Say something in like Lithuanian or Russian of uh, like, I'm here tonight and I'm going to talk on your podcast, something like that. Um, well, I never learned the word podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you get like, I should move on with a podcast. Lebe malonu buti chasu yimis achi lebe. See, that is so cool. I love it. You're very fluent still. So oh, good man. job. I'm trying. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, how, you know what? Let's go to your uh, close call with death. How many years ago was it? Um, 18. So I was, uh, I was just over, just over 18 years old, uh, senior in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go to that uh, part. You know, um, what went down back then? Um, well, you know, actually I'll, to, to, I've never told the story this way. And my wife's, she's like, I've heard you talk to people about this, like dozens of times. And every single time I learn something new. So, um, to be a little bit more thorough and, and, uh, in the story a year prior to this, um, car accident, our football coach, you know, practice ended and he brought everybody in and he said, um, everybody just want you to know, um, you don't need to go do anything specific, but Ryan Hill's mom passed away. And so if you're a praying and a faithful person, then, then give Ryan some, some prayers and, and some love and, and just wanted everybody on the team to know of that. Um, and he's one of your teammates. Mm-hmm. He's one of our teammates. Um, and so at that time I was a junior um, I'd been friends with Ryan. Uh, I, I don't want to overplay it and say we were, you know, best friends or anything like that, but we were buddies. And, uh, since junior high, we were, we were on the wrestling team together and played football together all those years and even choir, I think, you know, to, so, um, we were, we were good buddies and, uh, that was, that was hard news to hear. Um, and so then what, what's interesting and, and I'm, you know, as I've listened to a couple episodes of your podcast, these, these things don't you know, they just happen, right? It's, right. it's uh, often without warning. Um, but so this is a fall day. It's, uh, it was October 15th. Um, I'm a senior in high school. We're finishing our last, you know, we've got our, it's a Friday night, uh, football game is, is coming up. So, um, we were playing Clearfield high school. Now my wife's, uh, high school. Um, we were probably going to get slaughtered by them. <laughs> they were a good team, but this was our last game of the regular season, senior night. Um, but the, uh, the, that day, there was a leadership conference up at Utah State University up in Logan. Um, and so the, the, they invited, invited a lot of the student body officers. And, and um, so a bunch of us decided, let's go check out this conference and... Um, uh, and then we'll leave early to, to be back in time to, you know, for the pregame and whatnot. And so we all piled in and uh, headed up there, enjoyed a good conference. I don't remember much of it. Um, and a, one of the sweet student body officers, her name is Candace. She's a, just a great gal. She was like, I'll drive you guys back. So, so we're, it's kind of a hybrid of some of us are student body officers and football players. And then I think a couple just football players were like, hey, I want to come too. So, um, so how many people did you have in that car? So let's, um, six. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was, uh, well, you know, it was the weight of the people. So it was like the yeah, whole, they weren't tiny people. They were yeah, football was, players. That's right. It was the linemen. So oh my our, gosh. our, our tight end and then, uh, was, was sitting in the middle on the back seat. I was in the front, uh, Candace was driving and then we had, uh, three big linemen 
uh, in the back. So, mm-hmm. on, yeah, so she decided, well, I'll drive you guys back early so that you can be there for, for the pregame and whatnot. Um, what was interesting is I'd, I had called Shotgun um, when we got there to the conference, right? Which I think it violates the rules of shotgun calling. <laughs> like, you know, you can't call it technically until you're on your way to your seat or whatever. But uh, then when walking to the car to get in to go home, um, I think I said, well, actually, maybe I'd rather get some sleep and, and I'll go in the in the backpack, in the cargo area. We just didn't have enough seat belts. So one person was going to sit in the in the back without a, a seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. And so then, you thought you would just go in that spot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I would sleep better there. I'd like to get some sleep before the game. Just need to rest and calm my mind. And um, instead, for, you know, I'll say whatever reason, um, I, I, you know, said, yeah, no, actually, I did call shotgun, so I'll take it. And that's, and that's um, one of those moments that just, I don't know if it, it's a complicated Emotion, does it haunt me or, you know, am I grateful? I, I actually still <laughs> question that back and forth, you know, and, yeah, I still wonder. don't know the answer to that. Um, but for, well, we'll just say for whatever reason, I went in the front and I also wasn't a big seatbelt wearer, but I did, um, on this occasion. Um, and so we're heading down I-15, no goofing off, nothing really. I'm like, um, like I said, I think we're all just kind of getting ready for the game, but the normal stresses of high school life. Yeah. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I was in an AP class or two and, you know, stressing about homework and stressing about, you know, girl drama. And one of my buddies I was in a tiff with, uh, you know, some, he said something that upset me that day. And, um, again, just thinking about this game and how are we going to win and all these things that get uh, a high school seniors, thinking about in somewhat a short-term mindset. Sure. Um, and then we're going past, if you're familiar with Willard Bay, there's a little bit of a curve on the freeway. Um, and when she went to pass a semi on that curve, I think just the, that little gust of wind was enough to, um, cause her to feel like she needed to correct. Um, and the weight of all these, you know, the, the weight of all of us combined, was a little bit more than she was probably used to, um, and, and started to. What kind of vehicle did you say it was? Uh, just one of those, like a little Honda CRV. Okay. So small SUV. Small, small SUV car. Mm -hmm. Um, so with that little, just a slight overcorrection, um, caused us to start to lose control and fishtail. Um, and I was essentially asleep, um, until we started the fishtail and I do remember us just like swerving across the freeway. Um, and then what had happened is the front tires locked, you know, so they went perpendicular to the road, just completely, um, with, you know, so kind of like a front, front end over end was the, the, the way that the, the vehicle just rolled six times just nose over end no there you go yeah it, it just yep. didn't roll sideways like a normal roller mm-hmm. that you see it went nose over rear yes, end exactly. over and over because yeah. the wheels had just turned completely flat horizontal to the road and launched it yes uh-huh. you don't see anything like that and except for like spider-man superman movies and <laughs> just that's the weirdest thing yeah 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 oh my gosh yeah. it was this okay was it surreal in that moment it seemed like a dream i do remember seeing the, you know, like, oh my goodness, my face is getting close to the, 
asphalt. And that's pretty much all I remember until, well, uh, I mean, the, the, our, our, the, the tight end I mentioned, his name's Corey, one of my best friends in the whole world. He was in the back and was conscious through the whole rolling. I think everyone else went Asleep. out. Yeah, we, we all went out um, and we woke, we came to in a ditch. So the vehicle landed completely upright, four wheels down, although the wheels were <laughs> yeah, sideways, sideways, but um, yeah. in, a, in a ditch that just runs along in between I-15 and the, this um, Willard Bay. So yeah. it provided a soft landing. Um, it wasn't a deep ditch. The water was just, you know, up to my knees. Um, and the way that we just wedged right in there, even to me is like, man, that is, is pretty miraculous. But how many times did it flip nose over tail? I've been told it was six times. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And, um, so two of the, how many did I say there were of us, six of us or so. Yeah. So two went out the, out the windows. Um, Ryan, who took the, the cargo section. He um, flew out. He went out and, uh, another friend Paxton went out as well. Um, did, did anybody have seatbelts in uh, on that day? Everyone else did. The other four did, but Paxton didn't. And, and obviously Ryan didn't. Yeah. So, um, and Paxton, th there was an EMT, uh, off duty, but he was driving northbound and he saw this and he said that Paxton was 60 feet in the air, just flying through the air. And again, that kind of softish landing of the ditch is what saved his life, you know. Um, so the, this EMT essentially ran across the freeway, found him laying down, used a ladder from his truck and, and put him on there. Um, and Paxton suffered a broken, oh man, it feels like he, it seems like he had broken everything, wrist, shoulder, neck, uh, he'd lost half of his ear um, and he was face up under the water. And again, I hope I'm, I'm telling all these, these details correctly, but, um, this gentleman completely saved Paxton's life. Um, but Ryan, um, uh, he was, my understanding, he, he was, um, coherent. Um, Corey, the one that stayed with it the whole time was kind of running around helping who is everyone okay? Where is everybody? And, um, Ryan, he's like, Ryan, are you okay? And Ryan was like, does it look like I'm okay? My leg's broken. So he, he had clear, I think it was his, his femur. So a major, major leg break oh, yeah. on the part yeah. of, on Ryan's part. But everything was, uh, at that time, all the concern and all the prayers were, you know, towards Paxton who needed them. I'm not saying that he didn't, but we, I, I think we all kind of assumed, uh, at least from my perspective that Ryan was okay. He was coherent and caught and, um, and he, you know, able to talk and, and whatnot. So, um, meanwhile, I, um, was in and out of, of cognition as well. Um, the gal that drove us, Candace, I, she had just had a back surgery, I think she, you know, for scoliosis or something. So I remember being worried about her and, um, and, and is her back going to be okay? And, and, um, so, how was she? Did she stayed in the car? Of course, um, yep. she was a seatbelt and everything, but did she stay pretty much where she was supposed to be? She didn't uh, partially get thrown out or anything? Nope. Her and I were, yeah, that was what was kind of interesting is it felt like when I came to, I remember first I couldn't see anything and I'm feeling my eyes and I know that my eyes are open, but I couldn't see. Um, but the, 
the trauma of this accident just exploded and just burst all those those vessels so um I couldn't see and I remember saying something about that like oh I can't see I can't see but must have come in and out a couple of times and at some point I I put my arm around Candace asked if she's okay she's asking what happened and I said we were in a car accident let's say a prayer and I don't remember if I did say a prayer <laughs> I don't remember what I said but then after that um Someone was at the window, a, a guy with longer hair, and he gave me his hand and he said, hey, that was a great prayer, my friend. You're being watched over. And um, tried to get some conversation going with me to keep me um, keep awake. Me awake. And, yep. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the, the um, jaws of life cut the top of the, top of the vehicle open and um, pulled us out one by one. And, uh, and ambulanced us. Paxton was in the life flight. Um, they, they landed a helicopter on the freeway and took him off um, to McKay D. And then the rest of us got an ambulance ride up to Brigham City. Um, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's some of the, the, the generalities of like what happened um, at the scene. Okay. So, um, we lost Ryan a couple days later. Again, I wouldn't think I, I, when my dad told me, so that was Friday night. Okay. Um, so Ryan, was he the one that bro uh, had the broken femur? Broken leg. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because a, a broken femur is super dangerous as yep. far as, um, losing, uh, a lot of blood within a very short period of time. You can actually bleed out from that. Is, is that partially what happened to him? His injuries were, were brain swelling. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when my dad told me, uh, I think it was, he told me Saturday night or Sunday morning that they're, you know, Ryan's on life support and they're going to have to pull the plug. I said, no, you mean, you mean Paxton Packer, we called him. Yeah. He said, no, Ryan's had some complications and went downhill pretty quick. So let's get up to the hospital and, and, um, I bet you were absolutely just, just sh in shock. Yeah. It's pretty shook. Um, what was, uh, what was, you know, we went to the hospital, Ryan's dad was incredible. So the reason I told you the story about the, that football practice the, the year before was that this was Ryan's, it was his mom that he had just lost, um, a year prior. When I was talking to Ryan's girlfriend at the hospital, she said, the minute I heard that you guys were in this car accident, you know, I was like, we're, he's going. And, and she said, because we were just having a conversation where he said, I miss my mom so much. If I had the choice to go be with her or be here, I would choose to go be with her. And so, um, she said, the minute I heard that this was happening, I, that's what I decided to do. I later found out that Ryan had also had like what his best friend, they had a and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's uh, old fashioned my day and maybe they do these days, but like high school football players, like tough and rough, don't just have like a bonding thank you conversation with your best friend to say, thanks for being my boy and being such a good friend to me. But he did. Huh. And he wrote a letter to his, his older brother, Devin, who I also really love and who was on a mission at the time to just say, thanks for being, you know, my, my example and my hero. So it was almost like Ryan. So he, he had some closure with people. Just yeah, yeah, he did. He it, almost like he just had kind of. That's the only thing that you know really gives me peace about 
my decision to call shotgun and stick with it is knowing that um, it really did feel like in every way he was ready to go and, and be on the other side with his mom. Sure. So, yeah. Kind of oh, my gosh. I bet. And just in retrospect, you know, how, how soon did that hit you to go down that thought process? You know, when you found out that he had passed, I'm sure he had a, a certain amount of guilt mm-hmm. and, and survivor guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that. How what emotions did you have going just through that, that working through that process? I think I still do. Um, when I think of um, going through the funeral line and um, and uh, giving hugs to Ryan's family, and uh, again they just lost their mom. His siblings had just lost their mom, and now they lost their brother. And um, um, I don't know that they know that piece of the story about me calling shotgun. Um, you know, um, and it's so, in, you know, it's so minor to the, the pain or the survivor guilt that I have is just nothing compared to the, uh, the loss and the hole that they have that will never be filled. But, um, it's, uh, the whole experience, it kind of combines, it's not just, um, this piece of, um, you know, I need to, uh, it, it's like seize the day, you know, is, is really the way that I've looked at life since then. And, and it's not just live, live, you know, good enough to, uh, you know, I there's no way to compensate for Ryan. Right. But it, it's at the same time there, there's an element of just, you can go at any time. You never know when it's going to happen. And, um, So I think I guess that kind of the answer it kind of blends together in a in a sense of just make the most of it and and enjoy life and at the time you know it's funny like some of the teachers at the school were like oh don't worry about some of your homework we'll we'll be fine and I was like AP classes <laughs> get out of here so yeah, if, if yeah. anyone's listening with your high school kids uh, might want to skip for 30 seconds but I withdrew from those AP class I was like college is for college I'm not in college now right like I want to I want to live life and have fun and make some memories and and enjoy it I don't like there's no reason to be this stressed out about some of the little things in life that that really just don't matter that are kind of out of your control. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's like, I think a lot of times we just are self-inflicting unnecessary pain in order to just get a little bit ahead or get, you know, get ahead of the race that's ultimately a, a race that, that nobody really cares about because it's just going to end. It doesn't really matter that much in the whole grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, when the, the pivotal moment for me, you, you know, was actually still in the car when I was in the car in the ditch and it had hit me what had happened. Um, excuse me. And, and, um, if you would have told me 10 minutes before that, like, you're not going to play tonight in the football game, I would have been furious. And that was everything to me, you know, again, the, the sports, the friends, the, the school, just trying to be an overachiever, whatever, you know, that was everything. And then all of a sudden that was nothing that was, it almost became like silly that I cared that much, uh, about those things. And it was really clear that the only things that matter 
are the relationships that you have with your friends and more importantly, your family, and even more important than that, than the your relationship with your, with your savior. Um, because you might meet him at any minute. <laughs> That's right. So. Yeah. You kind of want to have everything uh, kind of worked out, but we're making mistakes every day and sure. yeah. doing the best that we can. Um, so it's bound to happen that you trip and fall, but that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a certain amount of destiny, just like fate that, you know, you truly do go maybe when your time's up, when, when, uh, heavenly father wants you back, that something will happen to take you out of this life. Maybe it was truly just his time to go. And it was the way that he was going to go. Or do you feel like that's just life and he got caught up in it and y- y- you know, um, you just have to pray for support in, in your heart from the Lord that, that you're doing the best you can and you'll get over, you know, feeling the sadness and loss of your friend. And, um, what do you think about that? You know, I, before this, I probably would have said, I'm not sure. I think there, you know, might just be some chance in it and, and the, the, the way that life goes and people make choices and that impact, uh, you know, the, the timeliness of someone else's life ending. But um, this experience has uh, made me lean other way, you know, lean the other way in, into thinking that there is a time that, that uh, we go to the other side. Um, and there's some, uh, there's a plan that is with it. Um, and so that, that's the way I lean. And I think there, that's also what I hope and, um, is true. And I I don't think that there's any, nobody can prove either way. So might as well hope that, that that is the case and believe it, that, um, that, that our time here is given to us and that every breath we have and every, every heartbeat is, um, is a gift. And so we should enjoy it and appreciate it. So talk to me about how you truly view life. You know, you've gone through now into your thirties and you've got a lot behind you and you have a lot ahead of you, you hope. Mm-hmm. And, um, what has, is so lesson learned and what you're looking at going forward, what would you say would describe where your mind is as you, you know, go through the rest of your life, what kind of life are you going to try and live? And what would you like to do to really make this the best life you can possibly have for the rest of the time you have? Yeah. Um, I think it has shaped me to be, um, maybe even more emotional or, or passionate would be the word, I guess, um, in the things that I do. Um, a high level of care, <laughs> um, the, whatever the opposite of a- apathy is, that's, that's what I have. So it's a, like I said, you know, the kind of cheesy to say seize the day, but, um, that is a little bit more maybe how I live my life in, I love hard and sometimes I hate hard and, uh, everything in between. But, um, the, there are also some things where, um, I think because of this, I'll, um, yeah, I, th- I think I do a little bit more just cherishing. My wife says sometimes it's like I'm coming across as maybe a little sentimental and whatnot, but it's like, uh, you just, like I said, you just never know. So, and, and, um, we also kind of, we think that like when that day comes for us or for someone else, even, 
we, you know, we see in the movies, like, well, like the, the music starts to change. It's either gets really intense or it starts to get sad or like there's rain. Right. And so we just kind of imagine that like when that a fateful day or a horrible thing's going to come, it's going to be like that. And, uh, no, it probably isn't actually like it, the, the odds are a lot higher that you're going to be, you know, either woken up, uh, from sleeping or you're going to be, you'd, you'd been scrolling or watching some documentary on trains in India, you know what I mean? And yeah, all of a sudden yeah. you're going to get a call or a text that's like horrible or, you know, um, and changes your life forever. Um, I guess you can think back to like the, where were you at nine 11, um, on my way to school, whatever it was that, right. And, and, um, those are the things that are going to change your life. You just never know when and, and how something like that's going to happen. So to, to do your best to be prepared for that, to, you know, to get some news like that or to, to have an experience like that at any point. And Ryan did a great job. Um, I mentioned, I'll go back to the part of the story where I went to the hospital and visited with his dad and, and his girlfriend. And um, his dad said, one of the neatest things was that I just was cleaning out Ryan's room this morning. And, and I, you know, it wasn't like he just had one corner for his church stuff, his scriptures and thing. It was his whole life. It was all around his room, his mom's mission journal here. And, you know, some other his, his scriptures were on this side and other things. Um, and so Ryan lived a good life. It was just a part of him. And um, to me, you know, and when I, when I spoke at his funeral, um, I made a point to say, like, there wasn't, you know, how could or was his dad devastated? Would his dad have been devastated to find drugs or pornography or something like that in his room? And so are we living our lives clean enough that if we pass that uh, there's no concerns and that, that people just feel happy and at peace at, at where we're at and, and where you, who we're with. So. Absolutely. You know, you, um, I appreciate that. And that's some deep, deep, deep thoughts and feelings. And as I watch you talk about this story, you know, I saw you get emotional and um, what is going through your mind, your heart, you know, when you hit that real pinnacle emotional spot in your thoughts, looking back, what's going through your mind right there? What are you, what are you thinking about? Well, I haven't mentioned, um, another key figure in the story, but for some reason, as I'm even telling it, I'm thinking about my mom. Um, and so from, from her side of the story, she's again, basic day, right? Like just a Friday, she's a piano teacher. Um, and she's teaching lessons and she gets a call from, uh, whoever, a police officer or whatever that says, your son has been in a very serious car accident. Uh, the vehicle is in water near Willer Bay. We're using the jaws of life to get him out right now. And life flight is on its way. Go to the Brigham city hospital. Click. Oh yeah. Um, so I, and, and she's the reason I'm here. Right. Right. I think of that moment, um, kind of like a baptism in a way, right? There was, I was in water and felt the spirit so strong, um, and felt like a clear perspective. Like, like I said, like the little things just don't matter. It, it's a, it was a reset for me. So when you told me about your podcast, that's what really resonated with me was like, I, I remember feeling that for days, even weeks after, like, I just want to yell from the rooftops to everybody so that they all know whatever it is you're dealing with, like 
it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, you might have a meeting tomorrow with, you know, the controller or something, you know, something that's uh, bothersome to you, but it just doesn't matter. Like, hug your family and your kids and um, and enjoy life. And, and so I think that's that's what's on my mind. A little bit of, too, you know, if, uh, going into therapy mode, like regret because I haven't done you know, I haven't lived as, as well as I'd like to and in a lot of those ways and loved and, and ignored the small stuff as much as I wish I would have and, and will, you know, and, and hope to do that, do, to do better. So, um, this has been a really good reminder for me. Great. What is your, what's your outlook to your friends? You know, what, what, what's in your heart and what would you like to tell your friends that were with you that day? Man. We, we have a unique bond and um, October 15th is a day that we all uh, think of and some of the years we message each other hey hope you're all doing well and neat to see your families and where everybody's gone and served missions and um, <clears throat> I think all of us have a couple kids and whatnot um, and so it's uh yeah, um, I love them. I'm so glad that they um, are still with us as well and, and uh, making their mark and doing good for the world. What would you say to Ryan? Well, I don't know. I just, I just would give him a huge hug, and I probably wouldn't have the words to tell him how much I love him and hope you'd forgive me for for taking taking, shotgun taking the front seat yeah there's no forgiveness for somebody (laughs) that takes shotgun (laughs) and and uh you wind up not being able to make it through a horrible accident no no you know what (laughs) things just happen the way that they happen and uh and it was time to go be with his mom and uh you know, it wasn't, you can't even look at this like you helped him get there. This is just something that happened and you, and you chose, you know, and I, I've heard from some very reliable sources, including, I was told personally by uh, President Uchtdorf, there are no coincidences. Mm-hmm. There, there's purpose in this life. There's, there's organization in this life and reasons why certain things happen. Mm-hmm. There was a reason why your mind changed that day and why you took, um, a cargo spot to a shotgun and, and chose to sit there. There's a reason why you were there. There's a reason why you're here today. Um, there's things that you need to complete still. And uh, Ryan, he's he was a good man and a good ball player and good friend. And he uh, is with his mom. And uh, you probably have a great big football player on the other side watching over you. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if he's got the time yeah. and all the things that he's probably doing, you know, to, to look out after his friends down here. I'm sure mm-hmm. he cares so much about you guys and um, doesn't have any, I wouldn't think he has any kind of animosity or, or anger towards you for, um, you know, doing what you did. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't feel, you know, some um, just sadness for the way things turned out other than just missing your friend you know, oh, you're I, a good man and you nothing was intentional and you're fortunate that you're you're alive that's a terrible accident that could have left all of you guys um deceased could have yeah yeah sure easily you it was a miracle that the rest of you walked away from that mm-hmm. and that you landed upright mm-hmm. in in a soft area on the way there's the reason why that probably happened mm-hmm. so it's a miracle accident nobody likes it um tell me take 
take us back to that day with regard to your parents, your siblings. How did they take this news? What was going on in their lives when this all went down? What was that day like back at home? Um, it, it was a uh, little brother. Let's see. No, yeah. My older brother just zipped up the freeway, you know, the, it was so, um, got there as quickly as he could. It gave, gave me a blessing, um, right away and was with me the whole time. And those first couple of days were a little bit foggy, to be honest. I yeah. you know, still yeah. was, was really concussed and in and out of things. Uh, I'll tell you what I do remember was just incredible love, flowers, balloons, gifts, like the whole kitchen was so full of <clears throat> just an outpouring of love. Um, and what, what, what also was neat too, is like, I think other people kind of had that mindset of, you know, life is, life is short and it's fragile. Um, <laughs> the, the, there was a gal asked me to the Christmas dance, like, what a week or two later, right? And it's like October. Um, she, she was a friend of mine and it was like, I don't want to not have the chance to go to a dance with you. And we almost lost you. So, um, let's go to the Christmas dance. And I got my, my Eagle Scout and, you know, they have the court of honor for that. And so what, what could have just been a little bit of a transactional little reward ceremony turned into what felt like my own like literally att <laughs> attending my own funeral yeah, um, yeah, to hear some of my leaders and, and uh, my dad and my parents to just be able to say how grateful. That's so cool, Landon. You know, I, I have a question that comes to me is uh, this is something that was super traumatic for you. You lost a friend. You were injured with other friends. And um, somebody listening to this might think, oh my gosh, I don't want that to happen to me. Nothing like that happened to me and may just be in paralyzing fear that something like this could happen to them whenever the streets are slick like they are out today. And, um, so the, to answer your question, um, it, it could be easy for someone to feel that way. And I remember even when I started driving again, being like, actually, I remember like, why do people drive cars? This is stupid. Like we're putting ourselves in these like fatal, potentially fatal weapons every single time we get in a car, but eventually, you know, you get used to it and you're okay. Um, and so the, you know, the, I guess the answer that I'd give to that is just, um, be grateful and, and, uh, cherish every, like I said, every breath and heartbeat, but, um, there is a time and a purpose. And, and so that time will come when it's supposed to. Uh, so for now, don't, don't overstress and don't worry about it. Don't, don't let today's worries. What is it? Empty tomorrow of its strength or whatever. So just, yeah. just enjoy the day and, and, um, go about your business. That's what probably what I'd say. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, throughout this conversation, um, I mean, this has been heart touching and, and, um, warms my soul, you know, because you, you went through a tough thing and not only just a, a traumatic accident that, that was probably frightening and as, as heck. And, um, not everybody goes through a terrible auto accident like that. And you wind up losing a friend and talking about this whole thing, what impressions have come to you? What, what, in what final thoughts would you like to leave that have come to you just, just thinking about this and, and being able to verbalize it and, and, uh, and talk about it and get it off your shoulders. What sort of things would you like to leave in, in final thoughts? 
Yeah, I just I hope it's uh, if it's really clear. And sorry if I've been redundant to to, to close with a similar um, a similar thought. But uh, the things that we worry about on a day to day basis, the the small stuff, the stresses, the what for for me then was the homework, you know, the AP classes or whatever. Today, yeah, yeah. whatever that equivalent it is, uh, the equivalent of that for whoever is listening here. Uh, let it go and and don't overstress it. Don't don't uh, worry so much about getting ahead or or this you know, the rat race that we're all in and just enjoy life and enjoy the relationships that you have. Uh, it was just so clear to me that nothing really matters except for these relationships that we have here on earth with our friends and our family and most importantly our Savior. Absolutely, that's that's beautiful. I love it. And I really appreciate you sharing a, a sensitive and tender story uh, with me today on, on this podcast. And I know that I personally have related to it. Um, it shows me more depth about you and what kind of person you are, why you're so happy, you know, every day that I see you. And I, I truly believe um, that's why I started this podcast. I wanted to visit with people that um, had almost lost their life or been around someone who's lost their life and it absolutely changed their dynamic uh, paradigm of how they look at life simply living in it and going forward. Are they a different person? Obviously you are. And, um, you're very similar to others that have talked on this show and you want to help other people and you want to help your family and you want to love them more and you want to worry about less. And, mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's just a common thread and it's a beautiful thing that I'm seeing and I get to be the benefactor and blessed because of these conversations like this. So I appreciate you being on this show and, and sharing, you know, this, this message with me. Is there anything else you, you would like to say while we're on? Oh, I just appreciate you doing the show. So thank you. The, the thanks goes back to you. What a wonderful idea. Um, and like I said, I think I said that, uh, I just wanted to shout that message from the rooftops. And so again, when you told me about this podcast, it was like, oh, here's a little bit of an opportunity to, to, uh, spread that message and, and, um, make sure everybody knows that life is beautiful. And so thank you for giving me the, the ability to do that to some extent. You bet. Landon, my, my pleasure. And, and, uh, we really appreciate you being here and thank you for taking the moment, um, of reflection on your story and letting us share in your experience becoming a part of your journey ultimately impacts ours. So until we see each other again, stay alive to tell about it. (laughs) Thanks.